It was one of the most disturbing crime scenes I've ever seen. Uh, the, the boys were stabbed multiple times, throat slit, and then they actually stacked them on top of one another. You just, you know, threw, it, threw them down. It was 1985, New York City, the Bronx. A very different New York City than the one we live in today. The early days of the crack epidemic engulfing the city in violence and fear. Crime stats show there were more than 1,300 homicides that year. It was actually a relatively good year for the violence of the 1980s. By 1988, there were more than 1,800 people who were killed in New York City. The record at that time set when a rookie police officer guarding a drug witness's house was executed. By comparison, in 2016, there were 335 murders, a record low. But no matter the era, how it happened, the pain of losing a loved one is everlasting, timeless. The story we're telling took place 33 years ago. The killing of two boys, just eight and six years old, inside the apartment building where they lived in the Bronx. A New York Times article from the time starts like this, quote, Two boys who were last seen on their way to school Wednesday morning were found stabbed to death Wednesday night in the stairwell of their Bronx apartment building. This happened at 2000 Valentine Avenue, a complex with more than 500 units not far from Webster Avenue. Again, from that Times article, quote, The police found the bodies of the half-brothers lying on top of each other with their throats cut at 10 p.m. Wednesday in a dank stairwell of their apartment complex in the Tremont section. Their school books were found next to their bodies. You are listening to The Tape Room, a podcast on the Fox 5 network of podcasts. Here, we take a look back into our video library, examining some of the New York area's infamous and unsolved crimes. For this episode, it's a crime that's haunted Joe Jackalone for decades. Back in 1985, he was a detective with the NYPD in the Bronx. Stephen Mason and Charles Taylor, six and eight-year-olds. They were brutally stabbed, I mean, multiple times, throat slit, and they were left at the bottom of a uh, cellar by the compactor room in 2000 Valentine Avenue in the Bronx. The boys, Steve Mason, he was eight years old. His half-brother, Charles Taylor, was six years old. Both of them lived with their mother, I spent a lot of time on this case, and so, so does, you know, several other detectives. But this is the, one of those cases that stuck with me, and the reason is because of the ages of the boys. He, he, these kids had absolutely done nothing wrong. They were, it was six and eight years old. They, were, they left to go to school, and they never made it there. That school, public school, 163 is still there. It's on 180th Street and Webster Avenue. If it's quiet enough on the street, you can hear children playing at recess from the courtyard of the apartment complex. Still, this was a dangerous time in the city. You remember, you're talking about the 80s. You're talking about right before the crack epidemic and everything else that was happening. But in that case, you had multiple fingerprints that were found. And I know in the, in the early stages of the investigation, in the, in the beginning, they, were, they had a lot of hope on it. 
And yet, police don't think what happened to these boys was done by a stranger. No, it had to be someone they knew. When detectives found their bodies, Stephen Mason had been stabbed five times and suffered cuts on his hand. Charles Taylor, the younger of the two, was stabbed once. The reason police don't think this was random, the location of where these two young children were found. It was the bottom of a stairwell near the compact room. So not someplace kids would play or go unless they were following someone. Jacqueline says that was the working theory at the time. It was the room that they led to the compact room. So you had a lot of people that had access to this. So even if you were able to identify somebody based on the fingerprints, the chances of them being the killer could have been slim or none because of how many people had access to it. The boys were fully clothed, no indication they'd been molested. The first one was stabbed, I think, once. He was the first one to go down there. But the second one saw what happened when they would get, you know, as soon as they turned the corner, and probably try to flee or run away. We believe firmly that the, the kids knew this gentleman because no way you, let's put it this way, if you or I was six and eight, we would have never gone down that dark hole, that, that compact room unless we were with somebody we knew. Uh, it was that kind of, uh, you know, spooky kind of place, not well lit. I mean, you're going down to a basement with a lot of noise and compact, it's, it's a compact room. So he, these boys knew their killer for sure. And you know what, that, that, that's attributed to most cases, but this one specifically because you wouldn't have been able to do this with a stranger right on the street because there would have been a lot of yelling and screaming because you had to be outside the building in order to get to this compact room. So it wasn't like you can get to this from within inside the building. You had to get them out and go, then go down. You know, one of those, hey, come on, I'll come with me. I just want to do something first. One of those deals. Uh, that's how we believe it went down. Jack alone, who is now a professor at John Jay College, would go on to become the commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad. He was responsible for managing thousands of cold case homicides and missing persons cases. He's never forgotten this one. Like many cases, like I said before, we have our suspect or suspects in this case. It's just that um, over time, this case, you're dealing with something now that is so old, uh, things get misplaced. You know, uh, you, know you have evidence that might be uh, misplaced. Um, and it's frustrating because the, the pool of available suspects that could have done this case is so small. They were six and eight years old, just boys from the Bronx on their way to school with their whole lives ahead of them. Their deaths all but forgotten in the wave of violence crippling the city decades ago. Their story, no less important. The Tape Room is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Bowens. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Matt Onimus. Our executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Ahmad Asgar. Byron Harmon is vice president of Fox 5 News, and Lou Leone is vice president and general manager. If you have any information regarding this crime, you are encouraged to call Crime Stoppers 1-800-577-TIPS. 1-800-577-TIPS. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Tape Room.